Welcome. We are so glad you've joined us today. Are you ready for another Bayside Christian Church podcast? Let's get straight into it. Wow. Last week we finished a couple of week series on faith and wisdom working together. And boy, we need faith and wisdom more than ever. Today, I want to speak on the word compassion. Compassion. Some people just ooze compassion, full of mercy, kindness. Others walk past and don't see the people in need and, and our hearts are sometimes blocked or hard because we've been wounded or we just go get go get a people and we just don't see sometimes the needs around us. That's okay. Let's look at what the Bible teaches on compassion. The word com means with, so compassion is with passion. So whatever you do, do it with your heart and wisdom and passion. Matthew 20, uh, 15 29 says, Jesus left there and went along the Sea of Galilee. Then he went up on a mountainside and sat down. Great crowds came to him, bringing the lame, the blind, the crippled, the mute, and many others, and laid them on his, on its, and laid them at his feet, and he healed them. The people were amazed when they saw the mute speaking, the crippled made well, the lame walking, and the blind seeing, and they praised the God of Israel. Jesus called the disciples to him and said, I have compassion for these people. Whenever Jesus had compassion, things changed. Miracles happened. Food got multiplied. He says, they have already been with me three days and have nothing to eat. Mate, they were so excited. The miracles happened. They'd followed him out up the mountain. They'd eaten all their picnic lunches they'd taken with them. And they were so excited, they didn't want to miss anything he was preaching or, or the miracles happening. So they were just now getting really hungry by the third day. Jesus said, I've got compassion for them. We're going to feed them. He actually said, you're going to feed them. That was a pretty scary thought, eh? There was the disciples saying, yeah, we can, you can do it. And he said, no, you're going to feed them. And so we got the amazing story of Jesus feeding the 5,000. He said, I don't want to send them away hungry or they may collapse on the way. So in the midst of all the miracles, compassion, Jesus was thinking about their hungry. I want to let you know that when Jesus pours out his compassion, he's able to meet every need. And when he flows through you with compassion, it's not just always the obvious need. He can meet the other areas of people's souls so that they can experience his kingdom life. So it says he fed 4,000 men plus women and children. So compassion is, I say, the simple way I say it is love in action. When you move with compassion, you can't just ignore the person or the situation. You are moved to pray. You are moved to give help. You are moved to uh, share some food. You are moved to uh, drive someone uh, to their appointment. Compassion motivates you, moves you. Jesus was always moved with compassion. He didn't just have the feeling of compassion saying, oh, this is nice, I can feel love for people. No, it always moved him to action. Always moved him to action. I thank God for this church that we touch thousands across our city every, every week. And, and God is moving us with compassion. It's more than sympathy or feeling someone else's pain or need. It is, a, it is being moved in your emotions, your feelings, but also it's moving through your spirit to love someone. So compassion is greater than natural love and natural sympathy and empathy. It is something 
that is released in and through your spirit from God's love flowing through you. So it's greater than just natural mercy or caring for someone in need. That is the way it's expressed. But if you work just out of emotion and sympathy and empathy, guess what? You'll have compassion fatigue and you get worn out really quickly. But when you walk out of compassion by the Spirit of God, it flows through your hands, through your heart, through your emotions, through your mind, but it's flowing primarily out of your spirit being and you will not be drained, you'll be energised. For some of you, that's a revelation. But let me tell you, I learnt this many years ago in my life. It helps you to see people as Jesus sees them not just the brokenness and the need and the pain. It's passion in action. And I remember, I remember I was a youth pastor on the Sunshine Coast. I was probably about 23 or 24 and I was leading a youth camp. And I remember we had a, the back, back row of the youth camp. There was about half a dozen young men who had been raised in church and they were too cool for this all God stuff. And they're sitting down the back row causing strife, throwing paper planes and doing whatever else they do. And they were just carrying on because they thought, oh, this God stuff, it's okay for my parents, but I haven't connected with it. And, and they were just seeing it as something that they didn't connect to. And I remember I was speaking. Then I got to an altar call time and I was inviting young people to respond to Jesus. And I remember the moment something shifted in my spirit. I remember the moment that something broke loose in my heart of compassion for these young people and I looked at them and started to speak with different words through tears in my eyes and within moments they were all out the front surrendering to Jesus and God was starting to unravel the wounds and the offences and the, the stuff that they had experienced or seen. And God started to undo their hearts and they all encountered Jesus, some for the first time. And afterwards I thought, Lord, what happened? He said, I'm teaching you what compassion really is. Because I was brought up in a home with uh, German descendants from my mum's side and Scottish from my dad's side and neither of those um, nationalities are naturally very good with sharing emotions and feelings. They're very matter-of-fact people, amazing people, faithful, diligent, hard-working but not naturally easy to share emotions. So I was raised in a home that we were always loved and we loved God but there wasn't much emotional compassion naturally and God taught me as a young man, how to learn to tap into his spirit of compassion and it flowed out of my spirit and the amazing thing was it unlocked my emotions. So I started to get in touch with feelings I never know existed. The good, the bad and the ugly. And that was a scary term. We were married and, and Mary Lynn said, what's happened to you? She could see the good but we then went on a, about a 15-year journey of me learning to manage and understand emotions and it was okay to have appropriate feelings for appropriate occasions. And sometimes I did well and sometimes I didn't. And uh, God gave us three beautiful kids and they have a way of triggering emotions in us, good, bad and ugly. So together we learned. But I remember from that moment on, regularly it would happen where the Spirit of God, I'd be talking to someone and all of a sudden something would shift inside of me. 
And I'd feel a deep love for that person. Whereas before I'm thinking, come on, just get your act together. What are you doing? You know, don't be so silly. I wasn't saying that to him. That's what I was thinking. Next minute, I, something would happen and the Spirit of God would grab a hold of me and all of a sudden compassion started to flow out of me and the whole conversation changed. And often, very quickly, that person's crying, prayer comes in and there's something shifts in their whole journey. And I started to understand what Jesus was teaching about being moved with compassion. A lot of people are in touch with their emotions and as they grow in their spiritual faith, they learn to tap into the spirit of compassion. God took me the other way. I'm not sure whether it's what's right or wrong, but I needed to get, learn to be touched with the spirit of compassion by the Holy Spirit because it says, out of your innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. And I believe that's based in love, compassion. So he took, taught me how to move in compassion and then out of that, my um, natural soul and emotions became more and more freer. And I'm still on that journey. Many years later, 40 years later. But I want to, and maybe some of you have never heard this before, but I want to just explain that compassion is a beautiful, powerful gift. And I've seen some amazing counsellors and carers, but they regularly get drained and overloaded. And one of the reasons is because they move in and out of this compassion and often function out of care, emotion, heart, and you get drained and overwhelmed quickly. Do you know what? Whenever I'm moving in compassion, I don't get drained. I actually get energized. And I can be praying. I've prayed for people sometimes for three, four, five hours at camps or conferences or missions trips. And physically, I'm a bit tired, but my spirit and soul and mind is so energized, I could keep going for hours. Because it's actually just downloading from the Spirit of God through me and out, and I'm getting energized, not drained. And some of you have discovered how powerful this is. Others, I want to encourage you to explore this and say, God, teach me to be moved with compassion. Not just empathy, emotion, care. Otherwise, we can get overloaded. Compassion is about having the courage and the strength to turn towards pain and difficulty within ourselves or others because that is what is needed. It taught me to have courage to face the things that were not unlocked in my own soul because sometimes it takes more courage and faith to deal with issues in here and here than it does to pray for someone to get set free. I found that often. But God wants to keep growing us. And change because we've all got areas locked up in our souls. But as the Spirit of God flows through us, freedom comes. And you don't have to then wrestle with so much rejection or anxiety or condemnation or uh, self-image issues or identity issues. God has a way of releasing your soul as you continue to surrender to Him. Too much empathy towards others, especially when we prioritize other people's feelings and emotions above our own may result in experiences of anxiety and depression. It's not the only cause of those things, but and I don't want to simplify it today, but sometimes when we are just giving out all the time, we can get drained and overloaded and think, this is too hard. And I've watched beautiful pastors and chaplains and, and carers and counsellors and uh, connect group leaders and youth leaders sometimes have to take significant times out because they've just been burnt out. And this is one of the ways to not be burnt out, 
but to be filled up and overflow. And I know there's a, it's a complex area, so I'm not wanting to give simplistic answers, but there's a truth here that we need to get a hold of because it releases our souls into freedom. And uh, this explains why so many of us feel bad and overwhelmed when we watch the news about the war in the Ukraine or we see other tragedies. It taps into our emotions and feelings and thoughts and we need to be able to bring that to God in prayer, to release that burden to God and not be swamped or overwhelmed by it. We need to set boundaries. Sometimes just turn the TV off and don't keep watching stuff that's overwhelming. Some people go and watch movies that traumatize them. I'm thinking, why? I'm very visual. So I can't watch 90% of movies because I just cannot get the images out of my head. So I, it's, it's annoying for Marilyn because she can process it and think, well, it's just a story. For me, I find that harder to differentiate and I can't get that image out of my head. I remember I watched a movie um, when I was about 22 and I still vividly see an image of someone getting injured in that and I still can't get that out of my head. So I'm very selective on what I watch. Now, I might be crazy, but that's just the way I am. So you've got to learn to understand how you tick and don't get fascinated by painful negative stuff. Some people watch stuff all the time. Hey, be selective. Make sure you get enough of the word and the positives in there and manage what's going in because otherwise it's going to come out in negativity and overwhelming. Let the Spirit of God help us. So God's here to help us to learn to help people not just in our own emotions and strength but from the Spirit of God flowing through those. That's the key. So compassion is not a question of learning a professional technique. It is a question of Christian character and love in action. Compassion is about let, um, being in relationships with people. It is so much more than a word. It is being with others. Philip Yancey, some of you might have read his books, an amazing Christian um, author. He wrote this story. He says, he once spoke about a context, contest he was asked to judge. The purpose of the contest was to find the most caring child among this group of kids. The winner was a four-year-old boy whose next-door neighbour was an elderly gentleman who had recently lost his wife. Upon seeing the man crying, the little boy went into the man's yard, climbed up onto his lap and just sat there. When his mother asked him what he had said to the neighbour, the little boy said, Nothing. I just helped him cry. I thought, how beautiful is that? <laughs> I just helped him cry. And in the process... Love and healing and support was flowing. So compassion can be connecting and identifying, but you don't stay there. You're releasing God's love into that to start a healing and restoration process. So many people just want to be listened to. I've read stories where people pay other people to sit down and listen to them. Well, that's sad, isn't it? They don't have someone to talk to. And, and we need to be understood and accepted, but then Jesus comes to bring lift and healing and change and transformation over our lives. Compassion is feeling passion for someone. In the Old Testament, the, the word is rakamim, which is a word that's linked to the womb. So it's that deep inner feeling that can release new life. In the New Testament, um, Shane Willard taught us about this. It's the word shplakna. Remember how the sermon he preached on shplakna? 
our innermost being, or in Aussie Lang, our guts, right inside, where you just feel moved with compassion to do something for the new neighbours next door that have got no food. You're just moved to help. And if we do it with God's wisdom and grace, he will multiply your resources to help. Let's look at the, what the word teaches. Jesus was moved with, he showed great compassion. Matthew 14, 14. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them and healed their sick. This time he miraculously fed 5,000 men plus women and children. So he did the healing and then fed them all. What an amazing story. I love that story. Every time I read it, I love it because he'd made the disciples be a part of the miracle. Do you realize he said, how much food we got? They found a little boy and he says he's got five sandwiches and two fish. She said, bring it to me. He lifted heaven and prayed over it, blessed it. And we think it multiplied in front of their eyes. No, it didn't. They split it into pieces. So they got just under half a sandwich each and a, and a sixth of a piece of fish. They said, go and feed the crowds. And I heard Peter and the guy saying, Jesus, you, you, you've really lost it today. You've been preaching here for too long. You're dehydrated. But they had no other option. They went, and as they started to give it out, it multiplied in their, in their baskets and their hands. So it was enough to feed 5,000 men plus women and children. So there could have been ten or 15,000 people. And then it says, Jesus said, go and pick up the leftovers, and there was 12 basketfuls. So there was a basketful for each of the disciples to take home to their families. I thought, that's overflow. That's overflow. <laughs> but it came because Jesus was moved with compassion. Because compassion releases faith and compassion releases authority to attack and tear down the enemy's schemes to rob and steal from people. So it's just not a nice mushy feeling. It can mobilize you to stand up and, and find a way to break through the injustice over people's souls. It will motivate you. Wilberforce was motivated with compassion to stop slavery. It was a 20 or 30 year journey, most of his life, and nearly killed him in the process, but he refused to give up. So compassion is not just nice mushy feelings and cooking a meal for the neighbours. It is something that mobilises you to pray. It is something that helps you see that person as Jesus sees them and what's causing them to be broken, overwhelmed, stolen from, and you say, God, show me what my part is to see them get healed and released. And that's the powerful thing that compassion can do in our hearts. Matthew 28, 34 says, Jesus had compassion on them and touched their eyes, immediately they received their sight and followed him. Wow. So he was moved with compassion. He saw their blindness saying, I'm not going to put up with this anymore. Touched their eyes and they were healed. And it happened with lepers. It happened wherever Jesus went. It doesn't say every time a miracle happened he was moved with compassion, but it obviously was because it's said enough to show that was, that was the thing. Because compassion and love is the bridge that communicates what God's flowing in from heaven to you through you to reach a person's heart. They will receive it because it's done in love and compassion and authority. And as there's a broken world around here, and I believe that God wants to mobilize us with compassion that doesn't drain us, it energizes us, it helps us connect with broken people, and sometimes they will reject it initially, but I'll tell you, people that are genuinely loved can never forget it. The walls of rejection might still push you away initially. 
But God's love, it's, so, it's sown into people's hearts because there's a cry to be loved and accepted in every human being. And when we express that by our love and our words and not judgment and condemnation, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. Verse 17 says, He did not come into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Sometimes we forget verse 17. In our process of challenging people to come to Jesus, we've got to make sure we're communicating that he's the saviour and the one that wants to set their hearts free, not judging them for their sinful lifestyles. Because Jesus has a way of turning hearts around. And compassion releases that. It will move you to authority over the schemes of the enemy. Matthew 9.35 says, Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. Every disease and sickness, mate. He would have had thousands of people. He just put all the hospitals out of, out of business. The Ambo drivers had a holiday. Mate, when Jesus came to town, everything shifted and changed. We read these stories and we forget what would have really happened across those towns and cities. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. That's what our nation is like right now. Millions of people, confused, upset, overwhelmed, depressed, wondering what's going to happen with the economy and interest rates and, and just so much fear and, and isolation and so many things and wars and rumours of wars. Wow, what a great opportunity we've got to bring the compassion of Jesus to our hurting world. You can't save everyone. But the question is, who is your neighbor? It says, Then he sent to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. God's busy raising us up. Many of you have been serving in areas of ministry and leadership, chaplains and counsellors and carers, because God's heard the prayer and he's sending you in our community to do that. So Jesus showed compassion. Number two, God is very compassionate. The Old Testament is full of God's compassion. Exodus 34, 16. And he passed in front of Moses as God's spirit, God, proclaiming the Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. Wow, that's how God chose to reveal himself to Moses. Wow. The compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. Exodus 33, 90, and the Lord said, I will cause all my goodness to pass in front of you and I will proclaim my name, the Lord, in your presence. I'll have mercy on whom I'll have mercy and I'll have compassion on whom I will have compassion. Hey, we need to be on God's agenda when we're working with people. Compassion, grace, love, hope. Yes, we need to speak the truth in love, but it's got to come out of a heart, overflowing with compassion. Psalm 86.16 says, But you, Lord, are a compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. Psalm 103.4, Who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion. Wow. Sadly, we saw the Queen's uh, funeral and everything happened, and some of those crowns they had on their heads, I think, mate, worth an absolute fortune. 
Bible says you are crowned with love and compassion. That's invaluable. That's worth more than rubies or gold. You are crowned with love and compassion. Wow, what a gift we have over our lives. Psalm 103, 13 says, As a father has compassion on the children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. Psalm 145, 8, The Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and rich in love. Malachi 3, 17, On the day when I act, says the Lord Almighty, they will be my treasured possession. I will spare them just as a father has compassion and spares his son who serves him. There are just dozens of verses on the compassion of God. Lamentations 3.22, because the Lord's great love, we are not consumed for his compassions never fail. That's good news. When we keep blowing it, trying to help God out, running from him, guess what? He says, my compassions never, ever fail. Any of us are so glad about that, that that we're in church today because God never gave up on us. And he's not going to give up on us. And he's not giving up on the millions across our nation because his compassions never fail. Oh God, help us to see people through your eyes of compassion and grace. Help us, Lord. Jonah 4.2, I love the story of Jonah. The whale and running from God. But I love the chapter 4, verse 2, it says, He prayed to the Lord, Isn't this what I said, Lord, when I was still at home? This is what I tried to forestall by fleeing to Tarshish. I knew that you are a gracious and a compassionate God, slow to anger and abounding in love, a God who relents from sending calamity. That's why he ran away, because he didn't want to go and preach repentance to the Ninevites, because he knew they'd repent. If they did repent, God would forgive them. What a nasty prophet he was. Supposed to be with God's compassion. But you've got to remember, these Ninevites used to come and raid all the villages of his area and probably captured and maybe killed or took some of his relatives away. So there's a whole bigger story behind why he fled. And he says, God, they deserve to be punished. I'm not going to go and preach your message of love and repentance for them in case they turn. And you, I know how compassionate you are. You'll forgive them and let them off the hook. Let's not be too hard on Jonah. Have we ever acted like that? Maybe we have. Lord, they deserve. They deserve a bit of a tough time because they've been really selfish and cruel and hard and harsh. He's a compassionate God. Doesn't mean they don't have consequences. God knows there's consequence of sin. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. The wage of sin is death. We've, we have consequences, but God's compassionate grace can override and come and heal and restore. So that's why Jonah ran away. And it's interesting to know that Charshish was exactly the opposite direction to Nineveh. He went as far away as he could. Some of us have run as far as we could, but God's can reach us anywhere on this planet. Hallelujah. Luke 19, 20 says, So he got up and went to his father, but while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion. For him, he ran to the son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. The story of the, the, story of the prodigal son is really the story of the compassionate father. 
more so than the prodigal son, when you see the whole context of the story. Psalm 51.1, David says, Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love, according to great compassion, blot out my transgressions. It took him nine months to a year to come to that point, to face up to his adultery and murder. But God's grace reached him and turned his heart around. So let me tell you, none of us are too far from God's mercy and grace. No matter where we are today. Maybe you're watching online saying, boy, I'm not really into this God or church stuff, but something's happening in my heart. That's the grace of God reaching your soul and saying it's not too late. It's not too late to reach out to God. 2 Corinthians 1.3 says, Praise be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort. We go through grief. We go through loss. We go through pain. Let me tell you, the compassionate God's there to walk with you through it. How do you express compassion? I love this verse. Galatians 5, 6 says, The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. Faith works by love. The Amplified says, But only faith is activated and expressed and working through love. God works through us by the gifts of the Spirit and the authority and power of God and, and the truth as we speak it, hearts are moved. But let me tell you, the best way to move in faith is with love and compassion. I saw that at that youth camp, those tough kids, there was no way I was going to reach them. They'd heard all the religious stuff and they'd seen hypocrisy and there's no way they were going to respond. But when God's compassion just doubled down, they could not resist because it says God's love never fails can get through the hardest heart the, the broken soul the wounded spirit God's love will find a way over in around above can find a way to reach the hardest heart and we have the privilege of being part of the journey of releasing that so do it with love the gifts of the Holy Spirit must be motivated and ministered in love for the people of God. So a prophecy must edify, exhort, and comfort. Not bring judgment and hardness. It's to bring God's compassionate love and kingdom realities to people's souls. That's what it's for. So when you minister with compassion, it is flowing through your spirit and soul and you're not drained. Out of your innermost being flows rivers of living water. I love these couple of verses, and then we're going to come and share communion. Put on compassion. Make room for it in your hearts. Colossians 3.12 says, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with the latest clothes. Clothe yourself with compassion. Wow. So when you have your shower or whatever you do in the morning, when you're putting your clothes on, remember... Compassion's the first item you should put on. Because you call it, put it first. Put on compassion. And it goes on and says, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Wow, if we all wore those things under our clothing every day, we'd live in a very different households and world. We would live in very different workplaces. We would live in a very different community if we did what the Word of God tells us to do. And some of you have learnt the secret of that and seen the fruit of it. And some days you're, yeah, we're doing it. 
Other days you wake up tired and grumpy and by 8 o'clock all your ideals have been thrown out the window and it's survival mode till you get to bed. Anyone have any days like that? <laughs> they were all human. But let's keep coming back and say, God, clothe me afresh with compassion, kindness, humility. Ephesians 4.32 says, Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. 1 Peter 3.8, Finally, all of you be like-minded, be sympathetic, love one another, be compassionate and humble. Remember the word says, mercy triumphs over judgment. Compassion will triumph over selfishness. You say, I've been trying that for years and my family still hasn't turned around. Well, we heard today, don't give up. Because God knows how to reach a heart. And sometimes he's got to work in them to get them ready to receive. But if you give up halfway along the journey and say, That's too, too, they're just too hard, I'm going to find someone easier. Hey, you've just cut off maybe one of the sources that God was using to continue to change their soul. That's how powerful this is. And the Holy Spirit fills our hearts with love. Romans 5, 5 says, Hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. And 1 John 4, 18 says, There's no fear in love because fear has torment. But God's perfect love drives out fear. That's a pretty strong word. Drives it out. Doesn't just say, hey, leave. Get out of here. Some of us need to address some of those things that steal from us a little bit more firmly. Drives out fear from off our souls and our hearts. Compassion does not ask the question, who is my neighbor? Rather, it asks, what does it mean to be a neighbor? I'll say that again. Compassion doesn't ask the question, who is my neighbor? Rather, it asks, what does it mean to be a neighbor? That's a powerful thought, isn't it? We're going to come and share communion if the worship team would like to come and encourage you to take your uh, communion cups there. If you didn't get one, just give us a quick wave because the team have, maybe you missed it, the team will just walk up and uh, bring some. Thanks, guys. Some of you were busy talking on the way in and forgot to grab your communion. That's okay. We're compassionate. We'll, we'll look after you. <laughs> so that's good. The team are just coming down and... And I just want us to reflect for a few moments on how amazing is the compassion of Jesus. There's some in the middle there just looking for some. Thanks, team, as we get those. I want to read these verses as we're just down the front here. We just need uh, some more up here, Haiti, in the middle there. They're coming, they're coming. Wayne, up here, thanks. I want to read this verse out of John 11. Listen to Jesus that was moved with compassion, this story about Lazarus. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. I think there might have been some compassion really just bubbling up out of Jesus. Where have you laid him, he asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. Jesus wept. The shortest verse in the Bible, but I think one of the most powerful. Jesus wept at their grief and loss. Lazarus was his friend. He wept. It's okay to cry. When you're going through grief or loss, tears help wash the pain out of our souls. 
I never cried much in my first 30 years of life, but I've made up for it since. Primarily out of compassion, not out of pain or heartache. It's been a few times where there's been part of but mostly out of compassion. I'm a real softy now because God has released my soul. I remember when this was all happening, we'd be watching a movie and I'd be howling on the seat and they're all, Dad, are you okay? Oh, this is too hard. <laughs> Father of the bride undoes me every time, you know. I can't watch that without crying because the poor old dad got shafted the whole way through. I just feel sorry for the dad. <laughs> so Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, see how he loved him. But some of them said, could it not, not he have opened, who opened the eyes of blind men have kept this man from dying? So there's always going to be some people asking the questions. It's okay to ask questions. Jesus once more deeply moved, compassion pouring out of him again, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, said Martha, sister of the dead men, by this time there's a bad odour for he's been there four days. I love the Bible. It tells it like it is and was. Then Jesus said, did I not tell you that if you believe, you'll see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear, hear me. But I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped still with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. And I shared a few weeks ago how that Jesus got the family to move the stone away and he got them to unwrap the grave clothes and Jesus did the miracle of restoring life over death. God uses us and our compassion to help heal and restore people around us. He uses you to teach your children and grandchildren to be kind and caring and compassionate. I pray that's the example they see. God doesn't want us to be perfect. He wants us to be compassionate and growing in understanding of how He works in and through us. And I just thank God. Thank you for joining us. The Bayside Christian Church community aims to transform our city and beyond with the life and power of Jesus Christ. If you want to know more or just keep in touch, check us out at www.baysidechristianchurch.com.au or follow us on our social media sites at Bayside Christian Church.